Welcome to Trail Manners, the podcast so dedicated to mountain trails and running that they broadcast out of a 78 Volkswagen bus in the mountains. Who does that? Eric and Joel are your hosts and will bring you the trail life as you may have not heard it before. You hear about everything from gear reviews, nutrition to keep you upright and moving forward, and they'll even bring guests into the bus for conversations that you won't hear anywhere else. It's time for some running adventures on a higher elevation. The old 78 Volkswagen bus is fired up and headed to the mountains. Here are your hosts for Trail Manners, proudly representing the 801 with their passion and love for the trails, Eric Manning and Joel Hatch. Welcome to the Trail Manners Podcast, episode number 25. Today, we're going to be talking with Kelsey Bingham. So if this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Trail Manners Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at trailmanners.com. Come back often, and please feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Trail Manners. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get after it. All right, welcome back to the Trail Manners Podcast. We are at Roosters Brewing Company on beautiful 25th Street in Ogden, Utah. We've been here before. We had to come back for the tasty chow, some tasty brews. As always, Joel, with you, how are you? Doing well today, thanks. And today we've got a special guest. And well, I we, we always say special. Say, we say that all the time, but it's kind of true, though, right? Yeah. I mean, we feel pretty fortunate that we have the guest with us today. Um, go ahead and introduce her, Joel. So this very special guest. Special. Um, yeah. I got to know her through the gym first. Um, she came in, wanted to work out because she was mountain biking at the time, and she wanted to just get a little bit stronger so she can take that mountain biking skill to the next level. And so she worked out with me for a long time, and then she got her husband to work out with me, which is you know a lot of fun to have that dynamic there in the gym. So it's been a couple years, and then I finally convinced her to do a little bit of trail running. And then uh, she did some trail running. She's really good at it. Yes. I, I'd say so. But I don't think she's ever really hit her true potential. Um, and then came down with, you know, she got pregnant, which kind of set you back. She came down with pregnancy, Yeah, came down with pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful out there. It's <laughs> contagious. Yeah, if you don't know how that happens, you might need to uh, check into that real quick. Shoot us an email. We'll send you some links. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, she had ran into some health problems. Um, so I think today what we're going to do is, you know, we'll get to know her a little bit, go over a little bit of that history. And then kind of uh, explore those those hurdles that she's run into. So with us today is Kelsey Bingham. So Kelsey, thank you very much for coming on to the Trail Marriage Podcast. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Right on. I just heard the excitement oozing out. Yeah. I am. You guys are two <laughs> awesome guys, and I love listening to the podcast. So I really am excited to be That's here. That's great. Well, we appreciate you listening, and we appreciate you being here. Mm-hmm. So let's start into it. I want to know a little bit more because I've talked to your husband and mountain biking right and that yeah. was something you and i didn't know this because i didn't follow it but then i looked into it after i talked to brandon you you, you did well she was so, all right yeah she's all right well when she hit the gym i think she's probably started a peak right no she was she was a lot better <laughs> she was really good before she hit the gym but I, I say that jokingly she was really really good so tell us how you got into the the mountain biking scene and kind of where you went with that Sure, yeah. So I decided to start riding a bike when uh, 
my brother-in-law, Brandon's brother, actually introduced it to me. So after college basketball, I didn't really know where to go. Right, um, which is another thing that we haven't even yeah, talked about. we forgot right? all about that one, right? <laughs> you, you were a collegiate basketball player at the University of Utah. Yeah, that was good times. That was a good time. It seems like a long time ago now, but right. I mean, basketball was my life from childhood until college. And so when that ended, I didn't really know where to go. And, of, you know, I ran a little bit in college, but nothing like big, no races or anything like that. And then uh, Chris, my brother-in-law, said, well why don't you try riding a bike? I thought, okay, that sounds like an okay idea. So I got a mountain bike and uh, entered my first race and took second place, and I was hooked because <laughs> I got beat, like, right at the finish line, and oh. I am one of the most competitive people on this planet, I'm pretty certain. And so when I got beat at the finish line, I was like, okay, that's it. When's the next race? Because I need to sign up today, and I'm going to beat that girl. <laughs> and you started training that and night. Yeah, so I was hooked from, like, the get-go. Plus, I mean, growing up in Utah, you're – you learn to love the mountains and what's better than spending time on the trails and you know on a bike I thought that was a good route to go so I got into it and before I knew it we were racing every weekend traveling around and then uh, I, uh, I decided well what the heck let's really try to go for it and I started training a lot more and fortunately I had a lot of good friends here in Ogden who were also mountain bikers and I didn't realize that I was progressing because I was riding with the guys locally here and we have some really good local mountain bikers and before I knew it I was just riding with the guys and was getting faster and faster and then I uh the year I got accepted into PA school was actually the year I got my pro mountain bike license so it was a super crazy year wow and then um, who who picked you up that year was that Jameis that picked you up yeah it was actually the following year so I was riding for roosters right you know uh Brandon, so that was roosters biker's edge yeah at the so time. Brandon and Chris my brother-in-law decided to start a mountain bike team um we thought it would just be kind of a local thing and uh and then the year after I won the category one national championship then I got my pro license and that's when Jameis picked me up so right then I did that for a couple years and it was super fun but then I got to a point where it seemed like a job you know and right and I had a lot of fun times riding my bike but I'll never race at that level again it's just it's really hard to maintain that and have a family and right. work full-time and so I think that's why trail running is such a fun thing you know you can do it with your friends, and you can go for a run and be training without having, like, a set agenda. Right. That's, what I, that's why I like trail running. So, so right. do you have a pretty structured routine as far as what you would do? Because I know in, like, the running aspect of things, it's like, oh, I've got a coach and I've got to do this. Is that kind of how your biking side yeah, went, too? Yeah, that's exactly how it went. It went from just riding with my friends, enjoying it, to... You know, you win a few races, and then you people start telling you, oh, you got to get a coach, you got to do this, and that's exactly the route I went. By the time I had a coach and was had such structured training plans, nobody wanted to ride with you. Nobody wants to go do hill intervals. Nobody wants to do speed work. So um, I found out that I was riding my bike by myself all the time, and that's why when it became not, you know, like a job, it wasn't fun. So Kind of took the reason why you originally got that's into right. it out of it yeah that's exactly right and so. you say you're competitive and I, I could absolutely understand that i mean playing collegiately university of utah women's basketball team i mean that's d1 that's that's the big time it is um and then you jump into the mountain bike stuff did the competitiveness because it can go to one of two ways it can drive you but mm -hmm. it can also have that other flip side where it kind of i don't want to say it, it changes you but it kind of makes it not enjoyable 
Yeah, and, and I don't know exactly when that flip happened for me, but it definitely got to that point. I mean, it <clears throat> it drove me big time until, you know, you get you're racing with the pro women, and that's their job is to win mountain bike races. And so it, I, I guess that's when it kind of flipped for me. Then, you know, when you're not winning anymore and you're racing against women who get paid to ride their bike and you have to have your day job and then train after work and on the weekends and you show up to these big huge races and you take 25th place and 50th place it's not as fun anymore (laughs) (laughs) i I, I would like to place that high (laughs) right yeah when you take like 20th out of 25 it's not awesome so that's just in the pro category that's not overall right yeah so but i mean i still love riding my bike brandon and i still go ride a lot we still have a lot of friends who ride but i'll never race my bike again i don't think not, anyway. not at that level not at yes. that level no way no Maybe way do a fun cycle cross yes. type of race yeah cycle cross is always in my heart i love that so i'll i'm sure i'll jump into a cycle cross race here and there at some point but right that's picking up a lot more locally too yeah we have a really cool cycle cross scene here so and it gets bigger and bigger every year for sure right well we've got such awesome bike parks mm-hmm. you know near the mountains and the trails obviously and it's just that we have these new companies coming companies, in the bike yeah. industry you know it's, it's just, huge it, in Ogden. It, it really is a tour of utah comes through here mm-hmm. um you see a lot of cyclists and just period right yeah. so let's let's fast forward then so you kind of get to that end of your cycling career i'm kind of on your case about come run because it's different it's fun there's not as much stress yep you start running and you're getting good at it Right? Because, I mean, we got a lot of really good f- female runners up here in the Ogden yeah, area. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm-hmm. And what was your first trail race? It was the Buffalo Run. Absolutely. 25K? 25K, yes. yeah. And that was the longest I had ever run in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so I was really nervous for that race, but I was really excited, too. I mean, I had run a lot with the Hummers that winter, but I had never actually run farther than about 13 miles because I had done the Ogden half marathon a couple of times um, but I'd never run more than about 10 miles on the trail so that was really fun Mm. and so what was your overall impression after you finished that race um once again I thought dang I'm hooked on something else (laughs) now here we go again right (laughs) (laughs) but I mean I once again I think uh you know you learn from every experience and after going through college basketball and then cycling at a professional level, it was, I actually was able to kind of take a step back and think, okay, this is really something that I love to do, and this is something that I could do for years and years and years. So let's just take it a little slower, and let's not jump into, you know, crazy training schedules and getting a coach. And so I think, I don't know if that was just my competitive side maybe relaxing a little bit or just the you know, coming with experience and maturity I would or say what? Maturity, yeah, yeah. That sounds a lot like that. Because I think everybody sitting at this table, we all have that competitive edge sure. at one point. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Joel, myself. I don't, you know, soccer backgrounds and mm-hmm. different things. You get competitive, and you never train. Like I remember this soccer. You never train for second place. No, right. You yeah. never train to finish second. Mm-hmm. So you always train to be the best. And then you get into in a sport, cycling and running. There can only be one first place, yeah. and when you've got hundreds to thousands of runners, it yeah. gets that much more difficult, so your mindset has to change, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then either A, you're not going to enjoy it, 
B, you're going to burn out, or C, you're just going to leave the scene. Yeah. yeah. Or all the above. Yeah. So you finished the Buffalo run, and then what was next? Was that Zion that you did next, or was that the following year? No, I guess that was the same year. Right. Yeah, that was the same year. So that was the year I went down with you and Brandon. Yeah. So we went down to Zion. This was second or third year of the, the Zion races. And what was really funny, and I, I remember this really specifically, we were going down there, and we were trying to meet up with some people for dinner. And we, we go and we find this place, and it was really good food. And we're ordering food. And the food that we ordered, Kelsey was just, you see the look on her <laughs> face. Because, you know, we're just ordering, like, regular old food, like green chili hamburgers and <laughs> regular <just> old <laughs> food. Right? Yeah, <laughs> right? Just the night before the race. Yeah, yeah just deal. the night before the race, which, I mean, obviously it's a mistake. But, you know, th that's <laughs> what's kind of cool about the trail running community is we weren't, like, totally freaking out. Because you're used to crap in your pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I remember Kelsey going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you guys are eating this before the night of the race. She goes, you know, cyclists, they would be, you know, totally stressing out over this. And yeah. it was really funny to watch you. Yeah, it was, I mean, you, we would travel. When I was racing with Jameis, you know, we'd have a team house, and everybody is so crazy about their diets and what they will eat, what they can't eat. Oh, I can't eat gluten. Well, I'm vegetarian. You know, so we'd get this team house, but everybody would have to cook their own meals because everybody was so freaked out about what they were eating. And I remember like, okay, cool, that's cool. We're, you know, we're going to go out and have dinner before the, the race. And <laughs> people are just like ordering beer. And oh, I just yeah. remember Brandon looking at me and going, we're never going to be in the bike scene again. Yeah, this right. ultra running thing is <laughs> yeah. where it's at. You know, these people are just like having fun. Yeah. yeah, like laughing. And we went back and to the hotel room and I had like another beer. And I just, Kelsey's like all like getting serious for race, right? And I'm just totally chill. I mean, I paid for it the next day because yeah. that green chili hamburger just wrecked me. <laughs> We've had that on the show before yeah, too. right? I mean, that thing just destroyed me. But anyways, yeah. it was really funny to watch her like introduction into, you know, the ultra running scene. It's away from the dehydrated apples and yeah. the powdered you know goat horn with a yeah. mix of you know yeah, horn. exactly <laughs> you know right some special to yeah we'll have whatever what's your, what's your best here what do you got here yeah <laughs> but you know it, it was fun to watch you race that day i didn't actually get to watch you race but to, to see your enjoyment of it because you yeah. did quite well i i did i was actually i surprised myself a little bit you know once again i didn't know what to expect after about the 20 mile mark i was right. just kind of thinking well here, we'll just wing it see what here, well, here we go you know but um i don't know I, in the, there's still that competitive nature no matter what whether you're going for the win or just going for the finish you know right. and um it was fun because there were a lot of hummers at that race and i came across a lot of them on the trail right and uh everybody was just really you know good job you keep going you're doing awesome and that was definitely a, a huge uh help and i just remember um <laughs> so the only r real races i had done would have had been road running races and you don't have to worry about you know wet feet or anything like that and i remember like <laughs> two miles in we had to oh, that's cross right. a stream cross that and creek. i was a little bit freaked out so <laughs> right. i thought my, to myself like oh my gosh i'm gonna have to run with wet feet for the next how many <laughs> miles like this is not gonna go well and i uh britta trep was running that race and she was right right in front of me and she just like busted through the stream like it like it wasn't even there and i was well, that's like what oh, front okay runners do. here we go yeah. like right. britta's going i guess i'm gonna go too and it yeah that was just, that's a really fun race for sure i that course is fun and uh, yeah, that was just a really good experience, I think, and 
that's probably why I'll continue to run and race ultras because it's just the, that scene is just so fun, you know, from the start to the finish. It's just everybody's super supportive of each other. Nobody cares what place you're taking. It, it's just that that camaraderie out there on the trail, you know, just getting through it together is just unlike any sport out there. You know, it's funny you bring up the wet feet thing because I'm exactly the same. I hate oh, yeah. wet feet. For I mean, I probably ran. Scott Jaime got me into trail running, and I would avoid getting my feet wet at all costs, yeah. right? I mean, if it was sprinkling outside, I was a weather weenie. I'm like, nah, I'm going to get my toes, get my hate wet socks, out, right? right? Yes. Getting yeah. the garbage bags out. And, and I, would be at, I would be at races. I, I can't remember my, the race it was. It might have been uh, this one they have in Salt Lake. No, it's uh, – oh, it'll come to me. And you have to go through this creek. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, this is not an exaggeration. Um, this is not exaggeration. It took me, I would guarantee, five to ten minutes <laughs> to figure a way across this creek. <laughs> and people are going through it and going, and I'm just sitting there going, how do I get by? And I'm, like, looking for logs. I'm yeah. looking for, is there, like, a jumbo lily pad? <laughs> and, and then t- until you do it, and you're like, ah, I guess it's not too bad as yeah. part of it. So that's, that's, that cracks me up. Yeah. So then you started you getting into the racing and the racing scene. Mm-hmm. You know, you did Zion. You know, what was kind of your mindset after that? Because it was farther than you'd gone before. So you yep. have that that whole concept of, hey, that was kind of, that was, I pushed my limit a little yeah. bit. You know, I'm on my I'm on my feet going that distance. And you had a great time with the people. Mm-hmm. You know, how did, what did you go away thinking of that race? Well, that race, you know, the the change in the scenery with, the parts that you have to run and the parts that you have to hike. And I just really liked that. So I thought, okay, well, what's next? And if I can do 50K, can I do 50 miles? Can I do, you know, and constantly every time I go to the gym, you have Joel chirping at you like, well, so when you signing up for the Bear 100, when you signing yeah, up for, much. you know. So there was always that, you know, fueling that fire too. So just just like I got hooked with mountain biking, I was, I was hooked with ultra running and what's, what's the next distance and how far can you really go and how fast can you do the next 50 K and. But so you never got a chance to do that. No, unfortunately I signed up for several other races mm-hmm. and then shortly thereafter got pregnant. Got so pregnant. Contracted yeah. pregnancy. Which Contracted I, I pregnancy. I was diagnosed with pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, there you right. go. <laughs> so, but Contagious no, it, disease. I mean, that wasn't a surprise by any means. I mean, Brandon and I were hopefully, you know, we were hopeful to become pregnant. It just, once again, just like uh, with mountain biking, I was really excited and things were taking off with mountain biking right at the time I got accepted into PA school. Kind of the same thing with trail running. You know, it's just that's the way the timing worked out. Timing and, worked out. Um, now we have an awesome little girl, and so it's totally worth it. Oh, so. for sure. So you have Quinn, your, mm-hmm. your little girl, and then, you know, you're kind of getting to the point where, man, I'm going to start running again. Yeah. Right? Um Kind of rough re-entry back in the running, right? Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. I I think that happens to a lot of new mothers. I'd say moms, not the yeah. dads. N- n- well, the <laughs> yeah, definitely different, not the dads. Di- different yeah. type, yeah. Yeah, the the dads have a different type of stress, but the moms have like they bear the brunt of it. So you get back in, easing back into it, and then I remember this really specifically because this was last summer. Mm-hmm. You were in the gym, and you were working out and trying to get into the swing of things and then you kept kind of not complaining but kind of mentioning you had these headaches yeah in fact um i mean one day after the gym i was driving home and 
something just wasn't right. And, right. and like my vision was off or something wasn't right. So I stopped at a light and the light turned red. I stopped and I just pulled down the mirror and I looked at my eyes and uh, I noticed that my pupils, one was super big and one was really tiny. And I thought, okay, what's happening here? Right. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I guess it depends on how long, how you look at it. I knew something was wrong just because of my medical background and so I drove home and tried to stay calm, and as soon as I got home, I asked Brandon to look at my eyes, and he, he was taken aback, and so it scared me even more because he has absolutely no medical background, and he <laughs> right. knew something was wrong. So that was, uh, in the back of my mind, I, I knew something was up. Um, it still took a couple weeks before I could bring myself to go to the doctor. Right, because you kept really on training fine. in the gym, and the same yeah. complaints, oh, I've got a headache. Mm-hmm. And at first, you're like, maybe it's a sinus infection. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I had, I thought I had kind of had this sinus infection that was off and on all uh, summer. And we really noticed it when we'd go up in elevation to go camping or something like that. I was super sensitive. I, my ears would get really painful. and uh, But it was just, it was never really like anything that was alarming until I started having the pupil issues. And then that's when we kind of knew and finally I uh Brandon had been on me about going to get it checked because every time I'd come home from a run or from the gym I would have symptoms and then when I wasn't working out I was totally fine so uh yeah so finally I went and got the MRI and that's when I found out <laughs> it was <laughs> my life it, was right. going to be forever changed and it so. wasn't like oh you're going to wait a couple of days to get your results the radiologist called you yeah so I uh, left, I first had a CT scan, and um, I got home, and about 15 minutes later, my phone rang, and it was the radiology department at the hospital, I thought, well, that's weird, and they said, um, so you just finished with this scan, you need to, you need to come back, and I thought, okay, so what's going on, and the, the nurse said, well, I don't know exactly what's going on, but they need you to come back for more scans. And my heart sunk because I knew something was wrong. And uh, that she said, I don't know exactly what's happening, but the, radi or the radiologist saw something. Right. So I hustle back to the, the hospital and have more scans. And by this time, I'm scared out of my mind. And I just said to the nurse, I said, listen... I work here, I'm a PA, I know something's wrong, can you please just find out some more information? And uh, she's like, well, I know they saw something, we don't know what it is, and a couple days later, found out you, uh, you got a tumor. And um, so, and, and technology, <laughs> medical technology, I actually didn't get a call from anybody, you know, the hospital here has the online uh, medical records and mm -hmm. so I was checking it obsessively and so the results I, I read the results online before talking to any physician or knowing what the the true meaning of the findings were except for the fact that it said tumor in there and right. you know as soon as you see the word tumor like that's all you can focus you, everything else just is meaningless and I didn't even really know where the tumor was or what it meant. I just knew that I had a tumor. And so it was a few days before we actually found out, you know, what what exactly this meant. So, but yeah, then, you know, I ended up uh, 
with a lot more tests and a lot more MRIs and everything and um, surgery to have a biopsy and it it was kind of a dramatic road to find out what kind of cancer it was and so what my what prognosis was. So what kind of cancer was. was it then? So I, I have a, it's a reasonably rare type of cancer. Reasonably rare? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, there's lung cancer and sure. breast cancer and pros- like all these cancers that everybody knows, knows about. about and hears about. Yeah. Um, but I have, um, it's called adenoid cystic carcinoma, um, which stems from salivary glands right um and it's so not a lot of people you know have this type of cancer i mean i didn't really have any other risk factors um to get it um but apparently one of the tiny little salivary glands in the back of my throat decided to go haywire and i had probably had this tumor for several years before it was actually found and um most of these physicians that i saw throughout uh deciding where to have treatment Everybody kept saying, now, how did you know that you had something wrong? Like, everybody was really surprised because the tumor was so small, but the location of it is so compact. I mean, it's essentially at the base of my skull, right next to my optic nerve, right next to my carotid arteries. So there's not a lot of room for something even small to be there. And um, But people, you know, kept saying, I we're so surprised that you discovered this like what were your symptoms and so you know when I would tell people oh I noticed that my pupils were were uneven a lot of the doctors were like well why did you even think that was abnormal to begin with you know so I guess it was a blessing in disguise that I had some medical treatment or medical background I mean so yeah it's uh it's been a long road to get where I am today uh the last six months has been (laughs) it feels like six years right so I know when you first got diagnosed, there was just, it was so topsy-turvy, the diagnosis wasn't just on point just right. yet, you know, you got some information that wasn't accurate, and it was really just emotional, just from the outside looking in, and, you know, I just feel, everybody just felt terrible, because everybody wanted to do something, right? Yeah. And they're really, the only thing you do is just hurry up and wait. So, you guys are trying to decide, at that point, what the treatment option is going to be, and you thought you had something kind of dialed in here, but then you're like, well, let's take this to the next level, right? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the even though we have a really good uh, cancer treatment at Huntsman, um, they don't see a lot of this type of cancer. And, and so there's not a lot of guidelines as far as treatment is concerned. And so... Um, you know, they basically just said, yeah, we can offer you some radiation and some chemo and we'll just kind of see how it goes. Um, and so I went for a second opinion and ev- all the doctors and surgeons that I met with just basically said, yeah, I, we can't guarantee you much. Um, but if I were in your shoes, I would go to MD Anderson. And where's so, that at? And that's down in Houston. And so I thought, well, if that's where they would go, then I guess that's where I'm going to go. Right. So oddly enough, my stepdad is from Houston and has a lot of connections down there. And um, so we uh, used those connections and I got an appointment down there. And the feel at that hospital, just because it's such a world-renowned cancer center, um, the feel at that place when you walk in is pretty incredible. And from the second I set foot in there, I knew... I've got, I've got to make this work somehow. This is where I have to come for treatment. And um, when I walked in there, they told me that they had just published a study about this 
specific type of cancer, similar to mine, where it was non-operable, and that they were getting these really good outcomes. And so I thought, well, you know, why I this is where I'm coming. And um, so, you know, yeah, it was tough. I had to move down there for essentially two months, and I was fortunate to n- enough to have my mom come with me to help take care of Quinn. Um, but I know it was tough. You know, Brandon was trying to come back and forth and mm-hmm. work and try and keep our house here, and but yet still be a part of the treatment down there. And um, it was right around Christmas and Quinn turning one, and so it was just it was a super stressful time just in life anyway, you know, and then to have that, the cancer part of it and then being away from home. But now today I, I'd never regret that decision. I, I think that was the absolute best place for, uh, for us to be. So, so once, once you decided that you were going to go to MD, so how much time was that bet- between that decision and actually going down there? So the actual, so I found out that I had a tumor the day before my birthday, October 17th. Right. And then um, I had my biopsy and knew exactly what type of cancer it was the first week of November. Right. And then I started uh, treatment at MDA um, the first week of December. So it it really wasn't all that long. I mean, I had a, I had time to get multiple different opinions and make a decision as to where I was going to go. And um, so it really wasn't that long I mean it seemed like forever then because I all I could think of was what is this tumor get it out of me let my life just be back to normal right um but in hindsight it really was just I mean from the day I was diagnosed or found out I had a tumor to the day I started treatment was less than two months right so okay so fast forward you guys went you, you get a place to stay you know you've got relative support down there you go, what was your treatment like? So, so what, was your, was, what was your typical week like <laughs> down there? It was like a horrible form of torture. So I went down there, and they fitted me for my radiation mask. We'll, we'll go ahead and post a picture oh, of this radiation mask. Oh, yeah, we've mask. got plenty of pictures <laughs> yeah. because it is it a is torture crazy. device. Yep. Yeah. So they uh, heated up this plastic mesh, essentially, and formed it to my face. Yep. And it went completely over my head. Um, down around my shoulder so that I literally could not move a centimeter, a millimeter, so that the radiation could be super precise because my brain stem is right next to my tumor. And That's so kind they, of important. Yeah. yeah. So you know, the, the main reason for choosing MD Anderson was to have proton ther- therapy versus traditional uh, radiation therapy, which the doctors did a really good job of describing radiation as like a gunshot wound. So you have an entry point, you have kind of all the scatter and then the exit point and everything in its path is destroyed. Well, proton therapy is narrows down that scatter essentially so that the surrounding tissues are less affected and the tumor is really the only thing affected. So they really, really want the radiation to be super precise because if you miss, then... <laughs> The tumor's not getting any of the treatment. Right. So they they get this plastic mesh and they essentially mold it to you and then it becomes super hard. Um, and every day when I go in for radiation, they I lay on this nice hard table and they click this mask and it connects into the table. So I'm essentially stuck in place. 
So I had 33 treatments of radiation. So five days a week, I would go lay under this radiation uh, for about 15 minutes. And 15 minutes is not a long time. But when you're stuck to a table and you literally cannot move, it's like an eternity. Plus, I had to wear a mouthpiece uh, to help protect my teeth and my mouth and my tongue from this radiation. So you put this mouthpiece in and then the mouthpiece connects into the plastic face mask so you can't speak you can't turn your head you can't even like itch like your nose or anything so i was doing that five days a week and then i was getting chemotherapy uh, intravenously once a week and that was anywhere depending on how if they were on time or not it was anywhere from about four hours to about eight hours um hooked to you know ivs just basically sitting in a hospital room watching daytime tv which is awesome awesome to begin yeah that's (laughs) more another form of torture yeah, so, you know, there were days where I was super nauseated, and then they say, okay, well, now stick this thing in your mouth and put this mask on. And right. If you get really nauseated and you have to throw up, just, just raise your feet or something to signal, you know. And so it was, it was quite anxiety-provoking. But just like anything, you get used to it. Uh, but I just remember walking out of that first radiation therapy going, okay, one down, 32 to go. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is horrible. It was, it was really just... I mean, if you ever want to test your mental toughness, just have some head and neck radiation therapy, and there you go. <laughs> you know, I, I, one thing from the out again from the outside, kind of seeing in on this, you know, social media and everything. This was a big deal up here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. there is some communities up here. Yeah. And the support that I saw, <clears throat> you know, because I know one Brandon and you know through that chain was pretty huge right? it, it was unbelievable i mean the the support that we got from our family our friends i mean and it's crazy like yeah you think yeah we have a pretty good group of friends but until you're really faced with something like this it's incredible i mean the people that would reach out to us and people were so generous i mean what can we do to help? I mean, we had people offering us money, offering us sky miles to travel mm-hmm. back and forth, you know, just if you ever need help with your dog or your daughter or your house or, I mean, just, I mean, people were willing to help with just crazy things. And, um, in the beginning we were, you know, no, no, we will get through <laughs> it. We're fine. And, and then you hit a point where you're just like, yeah, we'll take just about any help we can get because right. it's, and the smallest things, I mean, poor Brandon was up here trying to run our life by himself, you know, and then I'm down there relying on my mom every day. And so the support from just our jobs, our friends, it it was just really crazy and amazing. So I was I was literally overwhelmed by seeing so much that I saw because, yeah. I mean, there was people, you know, I mean, it. We live in a, it's a large community, but it is pretty small. Yeah, absolutely. And to see, see everybody's, you know, updates and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I mean, there were times that we were looking forward to, to those updates. You yeah. Know, like, how are things going? I mean, I ran with Joel a lot, and, of course, Brandon works out there. So, mm-hmm. me and Joel, it's like, all right, I've heard how things are going. Right. And, yeah. You know, you don't want to pry. It's a private matter, so it's it's difficult that way. But, you know, you, you want to know. Yeah, you know, for sure. And I could, I mean, I'm just sitting here just blown away. I'm not even kidding. You. I'm rarely speechless, but that's kind of how I am with this situation. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was, you know, and from my end too, like, I feel like I'm a relatively private person, but I had so many people reach out and not even, 
just um, emotional support even the that people offered I felt like I needed to reciprocate that a little bit and I felt right. like the way to reciprocate that was to tell them how I was doing mm-hmm. um, and so it was really nice I mean social media Facebook I tried to do some updates there and then um, fortunately I had uh, some of the uh, medical assistants at, at my office where I work who uh, did a GoFundMe page and they did their updates and so I mean it was really nice because you know i had a lot of people say hey they'd send me a text or something say don't you don't need to respond but i just want you to know that i'm thinking about you and and i felt bad because my phone would just be beeping and dinging all day long and i i just there's no way you can answer all those and so it was it was actually kind of nice to just say okay let's just do a facebook post today and truly like it was really nice to see how many people would respond and just even if somebody just said that's so cool good for you like it really did help, you know, and so there's no way that we would have made it through everything without all the support from people. It was, it really was amazing. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, I just thinking of everything you're going through. I mean, anybody could put this in their life, but I mean, you think about, I mean, like you said, one-year-old child, mm-hmm. you know, away from home. It's not like you were down in Salt Lake where right. you don't drive yeah. 30, 40 minutes. I mean, this is a long ways away. And so, like you said, I mean, everything you were going through, the support you got, I mean, there's just a mix of emotions. And so, even if you're not close to this, I mean, you have to feel that. I mean, everybody knows somebody that's gone through something right, difficult, yeah. but then you pile on these other aspects. You know, like I said, the distance, I was like, holy cow, Houston. You yeah. Know, that's not like, hey, I'll uh, be back in a little bit. I'm no. taking a lunch break. It's a six-hour flight. Yeah. Right? And that's a flight. You know, that's not a drive. That's no. not you know, cheap or necessarily even convenient. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know. It's, it's pretty overwhelming. And I, I was really excited when Joel mentioned that you, you know, were willing to come <laughs> and share your story because there's still a lot of things I was curious with, you know, and I yeah. think a lot of that answered. And we even saw a picture when Brandon, I think, was driving back from Houston with the mask in his yeah. car. Yeah, the mask in the back seat, <laughs> yeah. scaring and, everybody behind but, him. <laughs> but as funny as that was, it was like relieving. You know, it's like, oh, then that part's done. Right. Yeah. You know, right? That part, because you do it every day. We get updates once a week, you know, whatever. So it, it's just, this is just too much for me to fathom, really. <laughs> so you got through your treatment successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, you pack up, you leave Houston, Brandon packs everything up. He's driving back to Ogden with the mask in the back of the car, scaring everybody half to death. <laughs> <He's driving laughs> right. So now you're back home. Right. How was that feeling when you first came back? Was it a little foreign or did you just like get right back to it? No, I was I mean, I was so excited to come home and just sleep in my own bed and see my dog and, you know, see my friends that. It didn't seem foreign, it, but it was a bit overwhelming. I right. mean, when when I moved to, to Houston, the only thing I could think of was just get to treatment number 33, you know. Right. And then you get to treatment 30 and 31, and you start thinking, okay, we're getting to the end, and there's that excitement. And there's a gong that at uh, the treatment center, and when you finish your last treatment, you hit the gong, and, and it's a big you know, big deal. And because you're going five days a week, you start seeing the exact same people and you start talking to them and their families. And oddly, you develop kind of these friendships with these people. And when somebody, you you know, you'd hear them out there and hit the gong, it was like a celebration. And most days there was somebody finishing their treatment. And so it was just like, you wanted to be happy for them. But inside you were thinking like, damn, why isn't that me? You know, I just can't wait to 
for that to be my day. And when I hit that gong, I was so excited. And then it was just like, okay, that's, that's it. Like I'm at the finish line. Now what, you know, but going home was a really good feeling. Um, but I was still feeling the effects of the radiation big time. So it was a very short celebration. And then it was the reality of like, I can't eat anything. It hurts to drink water. Well, your throat I'm was all blistered, right? Big time, yeah. And so when you didn't really have that problem. Did you have that problem in Houston, or was that something that manifested itself when you got here? Yeah, so it's it's an accumulative effect of the radiation. So the first couple of weeks, I was just like, well, this is like, cake. Like, what's, this the, is easy, right? what's the problem? Like, <laughs> yeah, it sucks wearing that mask for 15 minutes a day, but what's the big deal? And then... It started where I was getting a lot of dry mouth and not being able to taste foods, but no big deal. And then right like the last week of treatment is really when it hit me like this isn't getting uncomfortable. And, you know, they were trying to ask me if I need pain medicine. And I'm thinking like, oh, no. And then I got home and thought, oh, man, (laughs) this is what they've been warning me about. I was literally like forcing myself to drink water. It hurt so bad. I just had sores in my mouth, down my throat. Um, I was living off of coconut ice cream mixed with Insure, and it was literally a task to to get it down every day. Um, and that lasted for a couple of weeks, and then, you know, it started getting better. But, um, yeah, the whole time before I started treatment, they told me, if you lose a certain amount of weight, we're going to stick a feeding tube down you, and then you're going to have to be here for, like, a month longer right. after treatment. And every day when... I was nauseated or didn't feel like eating. I was like, <laughs> remember Not that feeding tube. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, coming home w- was, uh, it was hard because I didn't have that security blanket of the physicians. I mean, I was seeing my radiation oncologist and my medical oncologist every week. And so I, if something were, you know, to go wrong down there, no big deal. You've got people at your beck and call. But when I came home, it was a different story. So um, that was a bit nerve wracking, but. You know, I was just so happy to be home that it didn't really matter. So how long have you been home now? I came home February 4th. Right. So I've... Not even two months. Yeah. So... Coming up on it. That first month was like a blur, though. Mm-hmm. So... You just weren't feeling that good. Yeah. 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 So... So you just recently started to run a little bit. That's the rumor. <laughs> Word a on the a little bit is like <laughs> key here. Right. And she's being honest for once. So you're you're kind of riding your bike here and there. I've heard that rumor too. That, sh- yep. that you might be trying to ramp things up in true Kelsey fashion. You mm-hmm. know, there's never been halfway with you. And uh, so you start running again, and then you get this text from some guy that owns a gym <laughs> <laughs> saying, "Hey, <Jackass>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> when are you gonna sign up for your next race?" Oh yeah. Yeah, I when I got that text, I uh, at first was like, wait, did I just read that correctly? And then I kind of chuckled to myself like, well, of course Joel would be sending me this text. Um, it, but then sadly, it actually got the wheels turning a little bit like, yeah, when is when c- when can I actually race? Like I ran slash walked a couple miles the other day. I could totally race like <laughs> But, I mean, in reality, it's going to take me a long time to get back there. But uh, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm i itching big time. So Yeah, but I think the reason I, I sent you that message was to put that carrot out there for you. Because, you know, as, as long as you're free and clear 
of the cancer, which you go back for a checkup here soon, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And mm. then as long as you're free and clear and you don't have any more effects of the radiation, you know, I'm fully confident that you can get back to at least it, maybe maybe you never get back to that level you were once, but you can get back to that point where you just you still love it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the key for me. I, I, I've, I have realistic expectations. I don't expect to be you know, a competitive runner, cyclist, or anything athletic ever again, but just getting back to that point where just you can't get enough of it, you know? Right. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go down for this checkup in a couple of weeks, and um, as long as everything's going as planned, then, uh, yeah, I'm going to get back at it. Um, it's good timing with the weather getting warm again. Right. And, um, you know, it's it was... Uh, kind of fun the the buffalo race was this past weekend because you get all that excitement of the first race of the season you know people getting excited for most people that was the first race of the season anyway and um yeah it gets gets the bug out again you know so slowly but surely i will definitely get back there so how often do you have to go down to houston and get checked up this first year year and a half or so it's about every three months right so this this first trip down, I'll, I'll have another repeat MRI, um, but the the big visit is going to be this summer, July ish when I go down. I'll have a PET scan, and that's that's the money visit. Right. So this one is more just a follow up to see that I'm recovering from the radiation. I don't think it's going to give us all that much information as far as how the tumor is doing. Sure. Um, but the pet scan this summer is, that's where it's at. But, I mean, my situation is my situation. I mean, I'm I'm going to run no matter if the tumor's there or not. I mean, as long as I feel good, uh, I'm going to run. If I live my life wondering what that tumor's doing every day, then... It's going to ruin you. Yeah. Pretty so, quick, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, kind of listening to the whole story and kind of going back to the very beginning of the show is kind of that mental competitiveness, right? Mm -hmm. So, you've been, in a roundabout way, and excuse the, the verbiage, you're, you're prepared for this, though. I mean, mentally, you yeah. have to be in the right mindset to go through something like this. I completely agree. I mean, I've been in um, a lot of athletic situations that have been high stress, you know, Sweet 16 and at college, I've done the Leadville 100 on my bike where that's a stressful situation. I mean, any time that you're putting your body at, in a situation where y you have to push beyond what you think you're able to do, that builds your, your mental toughness. And um, I have a cycling friend named Jen Hanks, and she's a professional cyclist, local um, girl from Salt Lake and um, I actually looked to her a little bit she's had breast cancer twice and yet she still competes at a, a professional level and um, so when she found I had cancer she you know reached out a little bit I, I reached out to her as well and just said you know help me out here from an emotional standpoint and that's exactly what she told me she said your uh, athletic endeavors will have prepared you more for this than you, than you know. And she was right. I mean, there, there were times when I was preparing to go to radiation and just thinking like, I, that's, I don't want to do it. Like I'm not, I'm skipping today. I don't care. I'm not doing it. And then 
just no, you know, I could tell myself, no, you're going to do it and you're going to make it through it and you're going to be fine. Um, and there were plenty of times on the radiation table where I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to have, I'm going to lose it. Like I, I need to sit up. I need to, and I could kind of just get inside my own head and just, okay, calm down. You're okay. Just breathe, you know, and I don't think I would have been able to do that had I not had the athletic background that I have. There's some experience of that, just that mindset. I mean, there's no way you can compare one to the other for sure. I mean, right, it's just sure. that different. But, you know, there's all different types of, of people out there and experiences. But, I mean, what you went through and what you're going through, um, I would honestly like to say I could handle it as well as you. I really well, would. And I, I don't think, I honestly don't think I could. Um, but hearing you talk, seeing you talk, even before the show, we were sitting here kind of just having a conversation there's no way anybody could look and say, oh, she's gone through something right. well, this I mean, difficult. And I have my times, don't get me wrong. I've shed many a tear throughout this experience and, you know, said, why me? And it's not fair. I mean, I, I think that's a normal response whenever you're going through something like that. But, um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I just feel like it, it happened. I mean, it is what it is. And, you have to push through it to get to the other side. If if you let it eat at you, well, then it's going to get you. And that's, I mean, that's with anything in life. But, um, yeah, I, I just, it happened. It's happening. And it's really out of my hands. It's it's going to, it's going to go about the way it's going to go about. And I, it's about your attitude getting through it, I guess. And the support, I mean, we mentioned that before, that, I have definitely relied on my support to get through it, and luckily I have a lot of it. So, um, you know, I on those days when I'm questioning whether I, or not I can go through it, you know, all I have to do is turn to Brandon or my mom or some of my friends, and they make sure that you get your head straight and, <laughs> and push through it, so... That's pretty cool. That's ins- it's amazing. I mean, it's inspiring, I, I, right? It's it's more than inspiring, and it's unfortunate. But I mean, just your your overall mindset going forward of appreciation for things, and I mean, that's had to have just yeah. completely. And not that you people don't, but I mean, that has to take a whole new meaning, right? Absolutely. And you know, people think that oh, that's taboo, but uh, it's not. I mean, it's you really do look at things differently. I mean, um, you know, I've being in the medical field, seeing patients of mine, you know, go through something difficult and think, oh, you know, yeah, their outlook on things, it must be different now. But until I was put in the situation, it, you really do. You know, it was odd because we just took our daughter skiing for the first time the other day. And we were up at Snow Basin on this beautiful sunny day with my mom and Brandon and Quinn and some good friends of ours. And when we left, I thought that was one of the best days of my life. There and you go. it was just a simple day skiing, you know, but we were surrounded by really great people doing something we love. The weather was amazing. Like that's what life is about, you know, sharing those moments with really cool people. And a year ago, I would have never said that that was the best day of my life. I would have just thought it was just another day on the ski hill. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting the way you appreciate things. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, things that we're looking forward to doing this summer you know just even simple camping trips or you know little vacations with our little family that I'm just really excited thinking you know these these are the memories that I want to make these are the things that I want my daughter to experience and 
yeah, they're super important. So that's awesome. And you think it's tough, then you need to look at the mask, right? That's tough. That's the real deal, <laughs> right? Yeah. So on my very last day of radiation, they said, do you, do you want to keep that or do you want us to toss it? And I said, hell yeah, I want to keep that <laughs> thing. I'm keeping that thing for the days that I feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And yeah. on those days, you just take a little gander at that and think that, that day was tough. Frame those were tough. On the wall. Yeah, I know. Right. I had a friend tell me, why don't you take a shotgun to that thing 33 times, one for every radiation therapy that you had? And I, I said, no, that, that's going to stay down in our little room where, you know, where I have my race bibs hanging yep. from all the, you know, mountain bike races and running races that I've done. I mean, that is an accomplishment far and above any of those race that's bibs that like I have up there. That's like an endurance compliment, right? Absolutely. Right. I mean, that I have this little room downstairs in our basement that has a... Uh, a trainer set up down there with my, you know, a bike trainer and we keep all of our ski and bike stuff and everything. Now it's just kind of a fun little playroom and it really is. It's that mask is sitting down there with all of, you know, the medals and stuff it's that I have from. It's, yeah, absolutely. It's a absolutely. Wow. I, sheesh. I'm going to have a hard time not getting up early to go running tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not, I, mean, I, mean, I don't mean that as a joke by any means. I'm just saying this is, I don't know. It's 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 a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to to talk to you about this and well, to, to you know know you because these are the these are the things that change your life. Not just you, but people around you. You know, you, you look at you and you're like, you're one of the toughest people I know, and I mean that. You know, I have a lot of tough people too. I mean, I had Joel next to me. He's tough, right? <laughs> not, right. As, not as tough as her. All five foot seven of him, from That's what I hear. Right. You <laughs> on hear a that, good folks? day. On a five good day. foot seven on a good day. That's when he wakes up and everything's stretched out. <laughs> That's right. right. At the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, like the space would be five nine. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just knowing Brandon and just there's so many things that obviously we would never get into or hear about, and you would even think about, but all the little things that go into what just transpired over the last however many months yeah. um, and to see you happy, you know, I mean, you're getting back to it yeah. and you may not, like Joel mentioned, you may not get to level, but you're at a level, right? Yeah. And yeah. to experience these things and that camaraderie, I mean, you have the camaraderie in Houston, Yep. you have the group where you're up here with your friends and your family. I mean, it's just, it, it, Joel Nell, it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, thank it's you. It's inspiring. I can't wait till you're back in the gym so I can harass you. <laughs> yeah. You know, That's what I I'm know. really looking forward to I'm not going to lie. When Brandon comes home and he starts, oh, man, Joel killed us. It sucked today. I, I look at him and I say, I don't feel bad for you at all because no. I want to be there. Yeah. So That's right. I'm really looking forward to I'm looking getting forward back to, to that. There's just there's no feeling like a good run or a good workout and just that feeling that you have like, yeah, you know, like I it's it, it makes you almost proud of like what your body can do, you yeah. know, and and there's no feeling like that and I I miss it big time. I mean, it's been such a big part of my life and to ha- not have it for a certain amount of months. I mean, it's it's been really hard, so um I can't wait to get back at it whether it be running 2 miles or running, you know, 100 miles, whatever. I just I'm really excited about this summer hopefully I can just get back to a a spot where maybe I don't know whether it be 25k or 50k by the end of the summer fine but I'm hoping um, that you know you you get this clean bill of health and then get out there training again just enjoying yourself and then you can do Vaquero Loco 25k 
that, yeah. that's kind of like my challenge, right, to, to you, because I think you're free that weekend. Because that was kind of <laughs> well, a problem. Well, you are now. <laughs> no, I'm serious, because at first I was like, oh, you could totally do the Bryce half marathon, which you probably could. But then that's Father's Day weekend, so that got in the way. And then we went through this list of races, and I was like, okay, you can't do this one, you can't do that. I said, all right, you got to do Vaquero Loco. At least 25K. Well, you we're, do we're, that. we're pressuring all of our guests because yeah. we know that Amy Musgrove, who we just had on the show yeah. from the Buffalo, she just signed she up. She just signed up. Jackie King. Jackie she's King. She's better be somewhere. signing up pretty Yeah, quick. Jackie King's my new idol. She, she, It's been really cool to watch her become yeah, the runner kind of that she because, is. Yeah, because that's because she looked up to you for so long, right? Yeah. She, Jackie's just such an awesome person, and it's been really fun to kind of yeah. watch her because, I mean, I remember when she first started coming to the gym and... It oh. was, she was Do you remember the very first not, time she came? I don't know if I remember the first time, but I just remember, I, it's just been really cool to watch her right. just bloom as a person. Her self-confidence has gone from like right. nothing well, to amazing. she had that false start at the gym. Do you remember that? So oh, she came right, into right, the right. gym, right? Somebody, somebody had, I don't know, convinced her, conned or whatever, and she came in and she tried. And this was back when we used to be really, really hard, right? Yeah. And... I think she just had that moment. She's like, this is a lot harder than I expected. Because she, sure. she was a lacrosse player in college, right? Yeah. So you're kind of relying on that. You're like, oh, I can do anything. Yeah, I can hang. And mm-hmm. then you, you come into this gym where there's accountability, and we expect a lot of you. And she just kind of did a month, and then she's disappeared for yeah. like almost a year. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then she came back, and she, after that three month of committing to it, I saw a totally different person. Yeah. That was cool to see. Yeah. I, one thing I'll remember about Jackie at the gym is one day we were doing box jumps and she had that fall on yeah. the box jumps and to watch her just come back from that, you know, like it was in her head for a while and she yeah. just really did not want to move up to that next big box. And then when she finally did, you know, kind of get over that barrier, I just feel like she turned into a totally different person, just her confidence. And then that flipped over to the the running side yeah. and same thing i mean it's just been really fun so she's she's like i need to get to the point where i can run with jackie again well, yeah well when i well, before you guys got here i watched her carry a keg of root beer up the stairs yeah and that's it was not full, light and that wasn't light and she yeah, carried it she's up a without tough a problem girl. She's now she might need a little work on her server skills <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know but uh but i think uh, she's getting there i mean with yeah. the proper training just like from bomber or anything yeah, else i think she'll right. get there so good luck jackie now, with your I server. now one thing that <laughs> I kind of wanted to go back to when we were talking with Jackie last week in our interview, we never talked about the squirrel. Oh, poor. So the now I'm going to leave that really vague. So if you know Jackie King, you need to ask her the story about the squirrel. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to have to ask it's her. A for it's, it's a good one. It's a good one. You definitely. Story. Yeah. So, yeah, Jackie King and the squirrel, ask her next time you see her. That's, that sounds good to me. So we're going to wrap it up. Sounds uh, good. We've had, again, I mean, this is totally our pleasure to talk to you well thanks it's been really fun this has been an amazing show i think maybe we should plan to do is after vaquero loco because there's a whole bunch of us going there yep we need to do another series of interviews like we did at the buffalo and we'll just expect to interview there there yeah after your first time getting back on the horse i you know like we talked about earlier you know i've tried to do that race twice before yep hasn't worked out so third time's a charm so Yeah, I mean, I've been wanting to do that race, so. What's your login for Ultra Sign Up? <laughs> yeah, I've got the computer right here. Yeah. I'm not sharing that information. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. <laughs> no, I, I think that would be a really fun kind of comeback race. I well, it's going to be, it's gonna be, and if you, 
just in general, Evacaro is kind of that party, fun, hometown atmosphere. Ty Draney puts on the you best race. And yeah. tow your trailer up there, spend the night in the trailer. That's right, and yeah. with all the people going up, it's going to be, you know what? El Vaquero Loco this year is a race you just don't want to miss. No, it's not, not really. a matter of wanting to go. It's one that you, if you miss it, you're going to, gosh, you're going to miss yourself. a lot of stories. You will. It'll be a yeah. lot of stories. All right. Well, I guess that's, uh, I hate to say it because then I'm going to have to, you it's know, okay. it this, makes, this, makes this is me. off the record, too. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, this Nothing is, is off the record with this you guys. This is how I harass <laughs> her into doing things and just about anybody. You call right? them out right here on the show. True. And it's not going to stop. It's going to go on. So if you want it, and if on you want to keep being harassed by this, because I got your number, I'll text you. Yeah. Elba Carol. Elba Carol. <laughs> exactly. Or you can just end it, end it now by just saying, yeah, I'll be there. You know, 25K, I mean, that's, that's well, something. Well, August, I mean, as long as I get uh, the that, thumbs up yep. in April, I mean, I, I think that's totally doable. Okay, and so we're going to give you till tax day. Okay. All right. The, the best way to confirm this, so you're down in, you're down in Houston. You're oh, going to get a wow. clear bill of health. There we go. House, there we go. I right? know where he's going with this. So if you're, you're down in Houston and you get the clear bill of health, the, I don't want a text saying, yeah, I'm good. I just want a text saying confirmation to Vaquero Logan. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's right. All right. That's Sounds all good. That's all we need to know. <laughs> then we're all on the same page. Okay. That's, that's a great idea. I like it. I like it. Because Brandon wants to go. He does. Brandon I mean. wants to go anywhere the Hummers go because it's all about <laughs> eating green chili hamburgers and drinking <laughs> no, beer. So. No, I've learned my lesson on that one. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> he won't do that next time. Uh, no. The time after, Well, maybe. somebody's got to bring the rooster's beer to the That's right. Vicaro, So That's right. And the new Reverend mm-hmm. is, is good. Highly recommended. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just had a elevation again, but I had the Reverend first, and it, uh, they do it right. Yep. Well, well uh, thanks so much. I know, yeah, so thank I, you. I, and I didn't know how you know easy or difficult this would be, but I mean, you just uh, I, this is going to inspire a lot of people, and well, myself, so in, myself included. And you know, just as as she's mentioned throughout the entire time, it's it's a mindset with just pretty much anything. And her, you know, her story is to the extreme, literally. Um, but wow, just don't you know come down with another you know contagious pregnancy or something. Yeah. Gosh, I know. That you know how that's done, right? How. I, I think so. Okay, I think you so. You missed maturation day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was in like fourth or fifth grade right. or something. That was a long time it's ago. Fifth so sometimes grade. you forget it's that right. stuff. It's fifth grade. I had to attend maturation <laughs> with my daughter. That was exciting. No, I, I no, there's no plans for being diagnosed with anything in the near future. Right, so well, we're, we're except for ra- running. There we go. Well, we we definitely wish you all the best. We can't wait to watch how things get better. For Thanks. sure. Yeah. And again, God, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend time with us today. Absolutely. Thanks, you guys. All right. Well, uh, that's it for today. Thank you so much, and we will have the follow-up. Thank you for listening to the Trail Manners Podcast. We'd like to thank Kelsey Bingham for joining us today. Kelsey, you are inspirational, and we can't tell you thank you enough for taking the time to join us. Good luck with the future. We can't wait to hear how things are going. We'd also like to encourage everybody out there to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Trail Manners or swing by our website at trailmanners.com. Check out the store page for some cool gear or let us know what you want to see, who you want to hear, or if you want to be on the show. So until next time, this is Eric Manning with Joel Hatch reminding you, you don't get what you wish for, you get what you work for. Now go get it.